Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. Amen and amen. There we go. There we go. Well, as best as you can from your homes, your living rooms, your bedrooms, your back porch, wherever you might be today, oh, let's give God a hand clap of praise this morning because he's just so good. He's so worthy of all of our love and all of our affection and all of our worship. And you know, no matter what is happening and what is going on in our lives or our world, ah, he's the same God. And he wants to speak fresh truth and love and grace into our lives today. And, and that's why we're here, to, to receive a, a fresh word and revelation from his heart to ours. And from his heart to ours to yours. Again, so glad you're with us this morning. Uh, we're going to be in the ninth chapter of the book of John today. We're going to be coming back to a text. Uh, that we kind of inaugurated last week. We'll be sharing more about that in just a second. John chapter 9. Well, we've been saying for several weeks now, and this is actually the eighth week, that we've been coming to you like this. We've been saying this for eight weeks now, that people need to be reminded of God's love, and people need to know there is hope. Uh, this hope comes to us, from knowing Jesus. Jesus is our hope. And my goodness, he's not just our Easter hope that we celebrated a few weeks ago. But Jesus really is, whether we're aware of it or not. Jesus is our everyday hope. Well, you might ask the question today. If Jesus is really my everyday hope then why should I? Why should I place my faith and trust in Jesus? You may not know him as your everyday hope. You may not know him as your hope at all. You may today be wondering and questioning. You might be brand new uh, to all of this. You might just be tuning in and wondering, hey, is this guy, does this guy have anything uh, to say today? Why should I? Why should I? Even think about placing my faith and trust in Jesus. And there's a really simple answer to this. And, and it is because Jesus, Jesus is who he said he is. The son of God who died for the sins of the world. Our everyday hope. And then you might ask the follow-up question. Well, is there anything that verifies the claims of, of Christ? Anything that verifies his, his claims, his statements. And we would say, yes, absolutely. You know, a few weeks ago, we celebrated Easter and the resurrection of Christ. And we talked about how that changed the, the entire world. And how it changed lives. And how uh, through the resurrection of Christ, his, his life today in the Spirit is continuing to change lives. But also the miracles that Jesus did. 
during his earthly ministry, they attest to the fact that he is who he said he is. And not just general miracles that anybody empowered by God's Spirit could do, but throughout the Jewish teachers' traditions, they said, there will be certain miracles that only God's chosen one, the Messiah, would be able to do. And there were three distinct ones. Uh, number one, the first sign of the Messiah would be his ability to heal a leper, someone with leprosy. Guess what? Jesus did that. And then the next one had to do uh, with Jesus being able to cast out a mute demon. A, a demon that had possessed someone that would not speak. Well, guess what? Uh, Jesus did that too. And then the third one that's in John chapter 9. The Messiah would be able. The Messiah would be able to heal a person who had been born blind. Blind their entire life. Jesus did that in John chapter 9. These miracles attest to the fact, these special ones, that he really is who he said he is. Well, today in John chapter 9, we started the first part of this last week. And then today we're going to come back to this particular miracle because there's so much more here that we couldn't cover last week. Uh, we're going to come back to this and we're going to see how this whole story unfolds. And for right now, we're going to look in the text at the last episode, the last scene, if you will. And we're going to talk about everything in between in just a second. But I want you to look with me in the biblical text today. In John chapter 9, beginning in verse 35. Jesus heard that they had put him out. The man, born blind, was healed, able to see. Jesus heard that they had put him out. And finding him, he said... Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered. He answered, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and he is the one who is talking with you. It's almost like saying, Okay, your, your hope, your hope is standing right in front of you. You see him now, and he's talking with you. And the man said, Lord, I believe, I believe, let's go back one more verse to that, because I really want to emphasize the statement that is said there in verse 37 again. We'll go back one more verse. Jesus said to him, you, you have both seen him. He's the one who is talking with you, standing right in front of you. The Lord said, he said to the Lord, I believe and he worshiped him and then, then jesus said something that's kind of perplexing he said for judgment for judgment i came into this world so that those who do not see may see and that those who see may become blind those of the pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him we are not blind too, are we? 
And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But since you say, we see, your sin remains. Father, we give this time to you to walk through this incredible passage of Scripture that speaks of a, of a story and an episode of where Christ performed the third messianic miracle. I pray, God, that you'd speak fresh into our lives today. We can't do this without your Spirit. We would not even want to try. We pray this in Jesus' name and give you this time. Amen and amen. Well, this episode, this particular one I'm talking about today, takes place within a much larger story that we actually began last week in the first part of John chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. 41 verses of Scripture are dedicated to this particular miracle. So, so in other words, this is a big story. And John, the gospel writer, uh, apparently he thinks that this is so important. This miracle that Jesus performed, he thinks it's so important that he gives so much of his book and so much of his time and writing to this one particular story. Well, if you looked at this story like it was, say, a Netflix series, and I'm sure a lot of you have watched a lot of maybe movies or shows or series over the last several or eight weeks, and maybe you're in the middle of one right now, and maybe you're involved in one, and you watch one episode, and the way they set it up on Netflix, as soon as one is over, you can watch the other one and the other one and the other one until you hit the very end, and you're the end of the season, and then you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? I've got to wait to see if they're going to come out with another season, or I'm going to go right into the, the next season, it's already out, or whichever. But if this, if this were a Netflix series, one entire season would be committed to this third messianic miracle of Jesus, healing a man who was born blind. In fact, it would probably be divided out over about six episodes. And these six episodes would probably focus around the main individuals who find themselves in this story. The first one we would probably call this. We would call it the one about the disciples. And the one about the disciples had to do with the disciples being with Jesus. And they came upon this blind man, this man, and they knew he had been born blind. And they asked him a question. Jesus, who... Uh, who sinned that caused this man to be born blind? His parents? Or, or did he sin that caused him to be born blind? And they're bringing their, their religious tradition and their, their own theology and their own ideas to this. They're reflecting uh, what they grew up to understand about people and, and mental or not really mental, but physical challenges in their lives and and maybe some mental, but how they came about. And, and they always thought that, man, if, if someone is really struggling in life, then it's because of some kind of sin. And don't tell me, you've never thought that maybe perhaps yourself. 
Jesus was real quick in this first episode that was the one about the disciples to basically say, neither. Neither did this man's parents or did this man sin. But no, this moment, this, this moment is all about the fact so that the works of God could be revealed in this man's life. It's almost like as if Jesus was saying everything about this man's life, and he had always been blind, comes down to this one moment so that the works of God could be manifested in him, so that God could be glorified in his life. Then Jesus heals the guy. Sends him down to the pool of Siloam. After he, he takes a, a paste, if you will, that he'd made in, in dust. and Put it on his eyes and said, go wash, go to the pool of Siloam. This took place during a very special time for the Jews in Jerusalem. This took place during what was known as the Feast of Tabernacles. And it just happened to be that the pool of Siloam would be the main pool that people would be gathered at. The priest had a ceremony where they would come down to the pool of Siloam, they would take water, take it back, they'd pour the water on the altar, and they would signify hope, and there would be celebration. And Jesus sent this man to the pool of Siloam, where there would be so many people, and the priest watching, you tell me that Jesus, he knew. Tell me he didn't know what he was doing. No, Jesus knew what he was doing, and all eyes would be on this man in this celebration of all the Jews at the pool of Siloam. Well, the man does as Jesus told him to do. And he can see now. Then you come to the next episode. The next episode, we would probably call it this. The one about the neighbors. The neighbors, the people who knew this man had known him all of his life. And they're like, what? You can see now? Really? And, and some of them were like, uh, I don't know if this is really the guy. Don't know if this is really the, the, the dude. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm the one. And then some were like, well, maybe, maybe he looks like the one, but not really for sure. And then they said to him, we, we want to know more. We, it's almost like we need more. Where is he? The one who healed you. And the guy's like, I don't know. Let's remember the man never saw Jesus. Never saw him. But he felt him. And he experienced him. The very light of the world stood before a man who was in utter darkness. And he wasn't just physically blind, but until a person has a relationship with Jesus, they're also spiritually blind. So the guy's just like, I don't know where he is. So the neighbors could not go further and verify which would lead us to the third episode. The third episode, we would probably call, probably call the one about the Pharisees, the religious rulers and leaders of Jesus' day. The one about the Pharisees. They bring the man to the Pharisees. And let's keep in mind that the whole purpose of these messianic miracles 
was to demonstrate to the Jewish religious leadership that Jesus is who he said he is. These miracles were done on their terms based on their tradition. And Jesus performed all of them. But yet something happened a while back. They had already made up their mind about Jesus. They had already decided he's not the one. We'll talk maybe about uh, perhaps why here in just a minute. But they said, no, he's not the one. He's not the one. They'd already made up their mind. But yet they bring this man to Jesus, the one about the Pharisees. And they begin to question him about how this could happen. And in that particular episode, the Pharisees are basically divided. Uh, some are like, uh, yeah, so, so this is surely, this is surely um, a sign of God, right? Uh, in fact, they specifically said, first and foremost, out of the gate, they said, this man, this is in verse 16, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, how can a man who is a sinner, which means if he's not from God, he's a common man. You tell me then, how can a sinner, a common man, perform such, watch this in your text, such signs, also translated as such attesting signs. How can a man who is a sinner, do these things. And there was a division among them. You see, for most of them, their own religious ideologies about the Sabbath and what could be done on the Sabbath, they had gotten so many things wrong about the Sabbath, but yet their tradition, their religious tradition got in the way of them seeing Jesus for who He really is. No. He healed on the Sabbath. And not only that, but during the Feast of Tabernacles, this was a high Sabbath. He wouldn't do it then, and he wouldn't do it there. But Jesus did, knowing that God gave the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. The religious traditions got in the way of them really seeing Jesus. So then that gives way to the next episode. The episode that we would call the one about the parents. Because then here's what they do. They get the man's parents involved. And they come to the man's parents. And they ask to verify the man's identity. And the parents were like, yeah, this is, this is our son. Verse 20, this is our son. Yeah. He was born blind. Now think about this. The parents... Their parents, do you, do you think they ever struggled with that religious idea that maybe we had done something, we did something sinful that caused our son to be born blind? They had watched their son his entire life. They saw him in his life relegated to that of a, of a, of a beggar, perhaps, perhaps one who was in poverty and would sit on the side of the city streets. They had seen their son suffer. And can you imagine, can you imagine as parents the celebration that took place in their lives when now all of a sudden their boy 
can see. So they verify the identity of their son, but then in this particular episode and the drama, the drama intensifies when they're asked about how it happened, who did this, they lock up. Uh, they, they, they don't say it was Jesus. In fact, fear comes into their hearts and their minds because the Jews had already determined, they had already determined that anyone who embraces Jesus as the Messiah they would be cast out of the synagogue. So the parents lock up. They have fear. They're afraid of what this is going to cost them. Maybe they were private followers of Jesus. But yet they sent the Pharisees back to their son. And they're like, go ask him. He's of age. They would not say it was Jesus. Then we come to the next episode. It'd be like this season is, 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 is going faster now. And we're in the middle of it. And we can't wait to see how this thing is going to, to come to a, a conclusion. So then you have the next episode, which, which we would probably call the other one. About the Pharisees. Because guess what happens now? Here's what happens now. They bring the man back to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are asking again about how this happened. How this was done. And the guy, the man is so innocent. He has like this childlike faith. And he's like, you really want to know? Maybe you guys want to be disciples of Jesus too. Which, oh my gosh, would have set them on edge. Absolutely not. They had already made up their minds. And here in front of them is a man who is born blind. He's been healed. And they're interrogating him the second time. He's like, are you asking because you want to follow Jesus? No way. And then the guy says something because they're like, we're not followers of him. We're followers of Moses and they're going to stay true to their law, even though they missed all the signs. Have you ever missed a sign? You ever been going somewhere driving before? Maybe you had GPS or maybe you had an atlas and, and you were following the signs and you clearly Missed a sign, and because you missed a sign, you did not get to where you needed to go. Have you ever missed a sign? They were missing several signs. And the man says something here in this particular episode that I think is incredible. It begins in verse 30. The man answered to them and said, well, here is an amazing thing that you do not know where he's from. They, they, couldn't, they wouldn't say that he was from God. They wouldn't allow themselves to go there. He said, the man answered to them, well, here's an amazing thing that you do not know where he's from. And yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not hear sinners. In other words, 
If he's a common man, a common man who's a sinner is not going to be able to do a messianic miracle. That's what he's saying here. But if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he hears him. Since the beginning of time, verse 32, it has been, it ha, since the beginning of time, it has never been heard. It's never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. He's recalling all the history of this. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins and are you teaching us? So you know what they did to this guy? They put him out, which means that they put him out of the synagogue. This was the worst rebuke the Pharisees could give to a fellow Jew. To cast him out of the city. The thing the parents were afraid to do. The man by asking honest simple questions. The Jewish leader said you're out buddy. You're not going to teach us. Which means that he was ex excommunicated. He was cast out. He was now rejected. If he wasn't rejected before. Because he was blind. He is now rejected even more. That would be the other one about the Pharisees. Then you come to the season finale. This is the last episode. If I am tracking correctly, it would go like this. The one about the disciples. The one about the neighbors. The one about the Pharisees. The one about the parents. The other one about the Pharisees. Sorry, the other one about the Pharisees. And then the one, the last one, the one about Jesus and the man. Disciples, neighbors, Pharisees, parents, Pharisees again. But then guess what? Season finale. And the one it's all about shows up. He hears in this last episode he hears that the man has been cast out he hears that the man is the man is rejected and the scripture says that jesus comes to him jesus finds him listen to this jesus seeks out the one who is rejected he seeks out the one who is now socially spiritually religiously hopeless he seeks out the lost and he comes to him and he said to him do you believe do you believe in the son of man some translations may say son of god do you believe basically that i am who i say i am and the man is like still going, I don't know. Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Let's not forget all the way back in the first part of the season in episode number one. The man was there and he was blind and he was innocent. And he never asked for any of this. Jesus and the disciples came to him and they, by Jesus' power, the man was healed. And then everything just unfolds in his life. And then he comes to this point and he's lost and he's outcast and Jesus comes to him. 
Do you believe in the Son of Man? He says, who is He, Lord, that I may believe? Show me who He is. I can now see, but I need to see Him. Who is He, Lord, that I may believe in Him? And Jesus said to him, you have both, you have both seen Him, and He is the one who is talking with you. Wow. Notice this. You have both seen him. And do you think Jesus was referring to the fact that this man, having been touched by Christ and now being able to see, that perhaps there was a seeing that transcends his sight? Jesus said, he, you've seen him right here. He's the one who is talking with you. And he said, the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped Jesus, which means to worship is to, to only to worship God. No, no one would worship anyone other than God. The man got it. Jesus allowed him to see physically. And now the man. And now the man can see spiritually. And he professed faith in Christ. Oh my goodness. Imagine the predicament that this man was in at the beginning of all of this. He, he was blind physically. He was blind spiritually. Jesus comes to him and touches this man, comes near to him in his time of need and desperation. And Jesus physically ministers to him. And now the man can see. And now at this point, after the man goes through all of that stuff in his life, that the the works of God could be manifest in him, not so much for the fact of the miracle that Jesus healed the man physically, but now for the spiritual healing of God to come into his life. You see, the works of God are continuing to be manifested in this man's life. And that's what God wants for all of us. Just to show his work and his glory in and through our lives. The Pharisees were there in this last episode and, and Jesus says some things that are, that are kind of challenging and when we think about it. And he talks about His coming and, and, and think about the fact that He came into the world. The transcendent one. The one, the, the holy other God, the transcendent one is the one who comes now into the world. He, his transcendence gives way to His eminence. He steps out of time, steps out of space, and he comes to people and he stands in their midst in their time of need. And he says, here I am. His transcendence gave way to his eminence. And because of that, he says something very uh, interesting at the end of this. I'm just going to hit on it briefly. He says, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see and that those who see may become blind. In other words, I came so that people would make a judgment about me. And I've proven myself so that people will make a decision about me. And he came to show himself to the, the Jews and the religious leaders so that they would make a decision about him to see that he is who he said he is. But then for those who reject that and say, no, there's going to be a consequence that comes to them for rejecting the lot of Jesus that they do have in their life. 
And if they're blind then and reject Christ now, they will remain blind in their lostness and in their hopelessness. They will remain blind in their sin. He says, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see. In other words, those who acknowledge that they are spiritually blind and those who acknowledge I need you, Christ. I need help. Those are the ones who will be able to see. But those that, that, that see and think they see and they're wise in their own understanding and they, they, they don't think they need any help and they don't think they need Him. Those that see, they'll become blind. They'll experience a, a lostness and a judgment and a separation that lasts forever. Those of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said, We're not blind too, are we? And Jesus answered, if you were blind, you, you would have no sin. In other words, if, if you had allowed yourself to be rid of your wisdom and your pride and all your rejection of me, and you'd allowed yourself to become blind in that way, You'd have no sin because Christ forgives all sin. Those who think they're wise in their own sight, but yet allow Christ to, to come into their life. And they say, I need you, Jesus. He said, you'd have no sin because Christ forgives sin. But since you say we may see, your sin remains. And here's the thing. They saw, but they refused to see. And they still think they see. Therefore, their sin remains. Here's what I want to give you as we close our time together today. As we think about this, and I can't imagine the, the celebration of this man's life. Lost, hopeless, rejected Christ, heals him Christ, finds him, gives him hope. This man's life still speaks today. The man who was born blind. But as you look back over what we would call this season in this particular series about the third messianic miracle, I just want to ask you today, which one of these episodes is about you? Which one of these episodes is about you? The disciples were followers of Jesus. They believed, but they were immature in their faith. They had a lot of religious baggage and bad theology they needed to overcome. This third miracle was really for them and what God had for them to come. What about the neighbors? The neighbors, the neighbors are like your skeptics. They had been given enough evidence to believe that Jesus really healed the man, but they questioned his identity. Are you sure you're the one? 
He said, yes, I'm the one. They demanded more proof. Where is he? Always demanding more. They're like the skeptic. The parents. The one about the parents. They knew the truth. They were perhaps secret followers of Christ. But they perceived their place in the synagogue to be more important. They would not, listen to this, they would not risk their social, their religious, or their political standing in order to be an open follower of Christ. So they shut up when the pressure was on. Would you be like the Pharisees? Rejectors. Miracles were based on their own religious tradition. The miracles were their signs for them. They had been given more than sufficient evidence to believe. The first episode was about them. It was, they were not new to the overall story. Their religious traditions kept them from accepting Jesus. Surely the Messiah would not break the Sabbath. Therefore, he must be a common man. He must be a sinner. What did they stand to lose? Why would they not accept? The reason they would not accept was because they did not want to give up. They did not want to give up control of their own lives. And they didn't want to give up control as religious, religious leaders the control they had over the lives of other people. They were religious leaders to the core. And this is not about religion. This is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. We are not inviting people to follow religion. We invite people to follow Christ. Or is it, or is your episode, the one about you, is it, is it the man? He had no choice initially. He was just there. He just received what Christ did in his life. But then once he, after he was rejected, he, he chose Jesus. He chose Jesus. Not like the Pharisees who the sin of, of self-conceit and self-confidence was in their life. They rejected the gospel of grace. Their guilt of their sin remained unpardoned. The power of their sin remained unbroken. This man, this man simply received. And then he accepted. And because of that, he became free. He had no idea that his life had any significance at all. He had no idea at the beginning of this that his life was a miracle waiting to happen. And his life still speaks today. Which episode is about you? Maybe we're in the middle of your episode. This is the season finale. This week we've been reminded, hey, you're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised next week. I'm not. The very life I take for granted today 
might be the very life I lose tomorrow. If Jesus were to stand in front of you right now and just say, here I am. The light of the world stands in front of you in the midst of your darkness. Do you believe? Don't be like the skeptic. Don't be like the parents who are afraid to profess. Don't be the Pharisee who continues in his own self-conceit. Let your story, let your episode be that of this man who simply said, I believe. And he found a friend in Jesus. Oh, this morning, I just, you know, just reaffirmed my own faith in the Lord today. Just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I believe. You're all I've got. When humanity fails, when the world falls apart, when sickness comes, when disease or death knocks at my door, there is one who knocks louder. Oh, if you would just open the door and let him in. What are you waiting for? Would you please reach out to one of our prayer counselors right now? Would you just hear a voice of somebody on the phone and say, pray for me. I'm in one of these episodes and I'm not for sure. I'm, I'm liking how my story is unfolding. Your story can change today with a simple decision to believe. Oh, wow. He'll come and be your friend. He'll live inside of you. He'll give you his spirit. He'll give you his peace. If you need to reach out to somebody and something's on your heart, you're carrying a burden today, uh, call one of those prayer counselors right now. Reach out to us. Let us know who you are. Thank you so much for being here today. Can't wait to see what God's going to do next. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cody's going to sing us out and then pray us out this morning. God bless you for being here. Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.